This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator, a busy professional. I love talking about investing in real estate with you and my friends and everyone around me, working to grow our wealth passively while we have our day jobs paying our bills. Uh, this is a great interview today with Omar Khan. For those of you out there who are in real estate syndication and have ever seen those interesting videos that people make to share their deals with their investors or summarize their deals on a monthly basis. Omar makes some really awesome videos and today we're going to go through the process that he uses that saves time, saves money over what other folks might be doing who are making equally nice videos, maybe not even as nice as his videos. Just the lessons that you can learn and, and implement in your business to make fantastic deal presentation videos for your investors. So great interview today. Omar is a fun guy to talk to. A uh, little bit of a warning. There's a little, there's some language in this one. So just heads up, just put the earmuffs on. If there's any kids around, you don't want to hear some dirty words. You're going to really enjoy this interview with Omar Khan from Boardwalk Wealth. Omar, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Taylor. How are you today? I'm great. It's great <laughs> to talk with you again. I, I see your deal flow. You guys are doing big things. It's impressive to see. Uh, for those out there who don't know you, could you flesh out your background a bit and, and tell us about Omar? Sure. I mean, uh, look, my background is uh, I worked in finance on the institutional side, both on the sell and buy side, which is basically, sell side is advisory so you think investment banks, equity research, that sort of stuff. And buy side is more the corporate or people who are actually buying the things. So work on both sides of the fence, have a very varied background in deal structuring, M&A, finance, you name it. Basically, I spent, it's just a fancy way of saying I spent a lot of time in the office in my <laughs> 20s and early 30s. And uh, yeah, now what we basically do is, uh, because I have a lot of experience working on the institutional side, structuring deals, running deals. So when I started doing this by myself, when I moved to the U.S. a few years ago, it was, uh, it wasn't as, I mean, it was hard in different ways, but not as hard from a technical point of view. Um, and here we are. Now we do deals uh, primarily in the South, Texas, Florida, Georgia. Uh, typical deal size is anywhere between about 20 to $30 million, give or take. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I can go into more details when we talk. That's that'd be great. Um, I, you know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, you said, and your typical deal size, 20 to $30 million. How many units is that? And what asset like class and range and everything are you oh, targeting? Well, so, let, so let me do that. So what is it? Nine, two, four, so roughly it's about 1300 units, 1260 something units. Uh, what class is mostly B. Uh, I didn't, I mean, there's one C deal in there, but typically we target B, B plus value add. And the reason for that is very simple. You know, um, Honestly, man, I just don't like getting, I, I prefer to not get stabbed anytime I go to a property. <laughs> That's just a personal preference of mine. So I prefer to not go to the hood. I prefer to not go into, say, relatively lower income areas, right? Because, you know, I'm not saying it's good or bad. People have made a lot of money there. I just kind of prefer to go to like, uh, you know, nicer areas. And I still feel there's a lot of juice, uh, a lot of meat left on the bone in those areas for the right type of asset. So, you know. Well, why put yourself in a position uh, where you might get stabbed at 12 o'clock in the morning? You know, that's the way I look at it. Nice. I appreciate it. And unlike that. you, I don't do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so there is no way I'm saving myself when somebody comes for me. Yeah, that's true. My Well, yeah. like, like I said before uh, we started recording, my, my fighting style is to just run away. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, oh look, if you look at these hands, I mean, have you seen how <laughs> soft and supple these hands are? I've never done any physical hard labor a day in my life, man. And I prefer to keep it that way. Not about to start. I'm not about to start, man. Didn't work this hard to work harder. Nice. Well, you know, today I wanted to talk with you uh, because, like I said, when we started recording that, I'm on your, your email list. I see some of your things that, that you're doing. And, and I saw one of your um, videos for a, a deal that you're closing, I believe, at the time you hadn't closed it yet. Yeah, we've closed uh, it now. You closed it now. Yeah, uh, that was in December, really. So, yeah, we kind of closed it more than a month ago. Okay, so and we're we're recording here at the end of uh, end of January, but I thought the the video itself was very powerful. It's video for uh, your investors and prospective investors to get them familiar with the property. And I kind of wanted to talk with you about that. Um, I presume there was a time before you were doing videos for your investors, and now you are doing those videos for your investors. And I want to understand the process of putting those videos together, the value that you your business gets and your investors get out of seeing those videos and, and really dig into that because there are a lot of uh, syndicators out there, myself included, who are, are not having these extravagant looking videos made of our properties. And uh, let's, you know, let's dive into it. Let's talk. Well, about look, it. what happened is I, I inadvertently after a few deals, I realized instead of writing the next great American novel every month, you know, <laughs> uh, it's hard to kind of lie on video, right? I mean, either look, either something's there or it isn't. I mean, there's, you can't, say something's there and obviously something isn't there, right? So it's kind of hard to lie on video. And it's also very easy because a picture's worth a thousand words, right? So when, and it's very easy. So a lot of times, you know, when we go to the property, the month on month sort of updates, all of the week by week updates, all of that. Honestly, man, I literally just whip out my iPhone and start recording. Now, the video that you saw was more professionally recorded, that, that aside, but the concept is what, and again, it's not like such a revolutionary concept, man. I didn't invent the concept of video, right? But what happened is uh, for like two or three days ago, we started doing this kind of inadvertently. It was just like a spur of the moment thing. And as soon as we did it, we, we thought, wow, this is, this is so much better in the sense that I don't have to go, I mean, I don't have to go write the next big American, great American novel, number one, because you can see it. Number two, it solves a lot of problems or questions or queries or concerns right there. And on top of that, what you have is content for the future to show your, to your future investors. So it's kind of a win-win. Win-win for the sponsor, me. Win-win for you as the investor. And win-win long-term, because we have like a content library that anytime somebody asks me something going forward, and you build on it over a period of time, right? You just point them in their direction. And now they kind of know what you do. Right. So it's a win-win from all directions. And again, we were, at least I was kicking myself for not doing it from the start. Right. But what I've come to realize is that it's such a, it's such a more powerful medium that it just literally, honestly, man, it takes like five minutes to shoot because it's not like you've got to script these things. Right. It's not like it's a Hollywood movie. You're not scripting anything. You're literally going there and the things you are seeing, you are documenting. That's it. Because look, man, if a unit is shitty and run down, a unit is shitty and run down. I mean, there's just no two ways about it, right? I mean, you can't say it's nice, right? Similarly, if a unit is being renovated or has been renovated, well, you should be able to see it. Because if, if you can't see it, then this means you just, you know, threw your money down the toilet, essentially, for the lack of a better word, right? So what, and what happens on top of that is when you start doing, so you might not see this with the first video. I mean, we did, but that might be sheer accident also, right? But what happens is when you show a pattern, say, 
over say 12 months, you shot like whatever, 10, 12, three, four, five, however X number of videos for the same project. You can sh show chronologically like a progression of what you've done, right? So then it stops being, hey, well, take my word for it because you live like halfway across the country. And it becomes a case of, well, you can go back say to six months or a year ago to look at that video and kind of follow the progress all the way through to give you a better idea. And you know, you marry that obviously with the financials we provide you, the questions you ask. And a lot of times, a lot of these things are psychological and you always have to err on the side of over communication, right? And a lot of people, it's just the way it is. Right? You might as well over communicate than under communicate, right? So what it does is over a period of time, it's a slow burn process. But over a period of time, what happens is that investors are happier, but from you as a sponsor perspective, what happens is you've got to do less work. Literally, because you've answered or you've taken care of a lot of concerns or psychological more than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Because the numbers don't lie, but psychological more. You've taken care of those concerns before they've even had a chance to arise. Like it's like being in a job interview, right? Where you answer, where you provide such a good answer that you take care of the next two or three questions that are coming on board, right? It's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, that's, I think that's, it makes perfect sense. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think maybe what I'd like to focus on is how you took it from the seemingly just the iPhone video and, and putting it up and everything to a more professional level. You had clearly. Taylor, um, there's only one answer. You need a lot more money, man. Okay. Simply straight up. If you got a lot more money, you can do this from the start. And obviously when you're starting out, when you're experimenting, because everybody's investors can be different, right? So maybe your investors by some weird freak of nature might only like to read text. I mean, I don't know why that would be, but maybe let's assume that's the case, right? So what sure. you don't want to do is you don't want to go out, shell all this money for expensive videos, for expensive production, especially when you're starting out, because you might not even get a good response. Or maybe you're not at that stage, or maybe, you know, so why go waste that money for no reason, right? So my point is that the production quality, the sound, all of that stuff you're talking about, that is straight up a product of the fact that A, we have a track record, right? Track record is equal to have more money in the pocket is equal to, yeah, okay, let's just go do it. I don't know if I can say that word, but let's go do it. <laughs> you understand? And that allows you one to take more, say, chances than otherwise, right? But if you're starting out, you've got one or two deals and you want to kind of experiment, what I suggest people is, look, buy like a $30, um, like whatchamacallit, like, like a lapel mic that's, uh, that connects to your iPhone. Because you can have really, remember this, you can have really shitty video, but if you've got top quality audio, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But if you've got really good quality video, but really crappy audio, nobody's going to see your video. It's just, they're just not going to listen to it again. So audio is very important. So get the $30 lapel mic that actually clips into your iPhone and it comes with even an extender cable, like a 30 foot cable. So you don't, people don't have to see you have it on. It's just a lapel mic over here. Try it with that. See what kind of response you get over multiple videos. And if you get a good response and continue doing that, and as you get more money, you up your production value. Interesting. So are you uh, doing the, the classic selfie, hold it out or get a selfie stick or you have somebody with there with so, you? Oh, no. So what happens a lot of times is if you go to the property, if I have my property manager, I can tell one of my, re my regional to take a video of me. Right. Because it's really weird. You know what? I've always hated it, man. Especially it's, it's always old guys who do this, man. It's always old guys who do this. You know, when they take a video like this and you're all trying to squeeze in like this in a video, you're like, hey, I'm at the property. We'd love to tell you. And you're like, dude, just, dude, just like, just give it to somebody, man. 
right? Don't do yeah. that. Just literally, I mean, it's an iPhone, right? Just give it, there's gotta be more than one person at the property, right? Just give it to somebody, give it to one of your tenants. I've done that. Like I was walking by and a tenant was walking by. I was like, hey man, do you mind? We just want to take a video here. She's like, I don't really care. Here you go, bam, done. But don't be like that old guy who's always trying to, you know, or they take a video where you can see their double and triple chin and you're like, dude, 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 dude. like you're killing yourself, killing us here, man. Don't do that. Or you know where they're so near, they're breathing into, <laughs> so so these are are simple steps that we can take to improve uh the production quality of our videos i, I also noticed that you had a uh, drone footage oh yeah but that video. was separate you know how much it cost us look typically if you're going to have super edited drone footage that costs you like five or ten grand man but yeah it, wow. I, I, was, I wasn't gonna spend five or ten grand dude i'm asian we hate spending money man. <laughs> I, we hate like we even hate the concept of spending money that gives me like that will keep me up at night if you tell me i've got to spend money so what we did is we just hired somebody for 200 300 dollars uh just go on craigslist literally i'm not joking with you i literally posted on craigslist i need some amateur i mean some person in like a college right one of those you know video design whatever colleges art colleges and i want you to come i'll pay you like 300 dollars plus i'll buy you food and these are the shots i want you to take Right. So I had shots that I wanted the person to take. And obviously they, they had a lot of raw footage. And then obviously I had to sit down with my partner and do the hard work. Okay. In video one, seconds 31 to 45. That's the shot I want. Then video five, 42 seconds to 49 seconds. Right. And you, I don't know, you've got a hundred videos and it takes you three days to do it. Right. But then when you get all, if you lay it down like a script, like literally a movie script, but it's just like, take okay, okay, these seconds from this, excuse me, this video, these seconds from this video. And then I just gave it to some guy off Fiverr or whatever. It's, but you have to be really specific though. You understand? Uh -huh. Because if you give it to like some guy off Fiverr, they'll 99% of the times they will screw everything up. Fiverr <laughs> is honestly where a lot of, Dumbass people go to get work, but you have to be so specific, right? But that requires a lot of hard work, right? So if you don't want to be specific and you've got money, right? Then yeah, just go with like a more professional person. Yeah. Right? So and they how take specific all that pain off here. How specific? Are, well, yeah, it's true. How specific are you getting? Because I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm a big Simpsons fan, and at one point Homer is making some video, and every oh, dude, transition really he makes, it, it's, no, a, no, no. It's, it's a star wipe. So how? No, no, you, no, how it's really, no, it's really specific. Let's it's get into it. Like, like it's like a word document. Okay, mm. first, like zero to ten seconds. Take a Google map, zoom in, and obviously we have a couple of other videos we can give examples of, right? So yeah. they just don't have to read text right and a lot of this is communication so say zero to ten seconds uh, look at google map on the top or wherever this address is and zoom into like the city or wherever this place is right okay yeah so that gets you down like 11 to 14 seconds go from that like wherever the thing is to a 3d view right and then go back up again from 14 to 8 literally it is very laborious writing the script down but <laughs> i wasn't going to spend five grand so well, that's your alternative. Or you spend five grand and you don't got to do all this BS. So yeah. it's one or the other. So you pick your poison, right? Yeah, you, but you, if you Yeah, but if you don't write the script very, very, very airtight and you give it to somebody for video editing in wherever, India, Pakistan, Malaysia, wherever the hell they are, you're going to get a really shitty product. Trust me on this. I believe it. I mean, you might even spend the five grand and not like what they come up with. No, so. but no, no, trust me. If you spend the five grand typically with a, with a good person who, who you've actually, who's referred, who's got a good background, 
And yeah, you, nine times out of 10, you'll get a good product. You're going to be pleased with it. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Will you be always pleased with it? I'm not saying that, but, and you obviously have to do your research and trying to find the right person. But if you're spending three to five grand, five grand, easy, man, you, you trust me, unless I don't know, you're Steven Spielberg. Okay. Short of that, you're going to be okay. Okay. You're not good to be, know. You're not going to have a problem. Good to know. You're not going to get, we're not, we're not shooting for saving <laughs> private Ryan. Just yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not, nobody's winning an Oscar here. You know? Yeah. So you, you mentioned you had shots in your mind of what you wanted to see. And it sounds like you gave this student with a drone kind of numerous, uh, all right, we want to see uh, the drone come up the drive and kind of fly upward. And yeah. we want to see that yeah. view and, and those things. How'd you think about that? I mean, you, you could just look Bro, at the Google Maps. I totally Maps ripped say, off everybody. Dude, are you kidding me? I totally ripped off everybody, man. <laughs> are you kidding me? There, have you, just go to YouTube. Type, I don't know, drone real estate footage or something. But again, you've got to realize, man, this is a lot of labor, right? I mean, I had to, my, I, I mean, I have like two or three like colleagues also, right? It's not just me. Yeah. So we looked at a lot of people's different footages, right? Picked out the ones we really liked or portions of the ones we really liked. And you got to realize, like, I did this like in my downtime because it's not like I had a deal. Then I started thinking about this drone footage. Then I started looking at all the videos. It's like, you know, over three or six or 10 months or nine months, you just keep looking at different videos. Uh, it kind of gives you an idea. So it's not like you get something and bam, all this work starts happening then. No, no, no. A lot of this is percolating in your mind. You take notes here and there. And then when the right deal comes along, that's when you do it. Mm, you're figuring out your your process and criteria and everything way ahead of time. Then when the oh, deal yeah, comes, yeah, yeah. you can just go. Yeah, yeah. But again, you got to realize, it's not like I invented this concept. I totally ripped off people, man. Yeah, straight up. Just go to YouTube, man. <laughs> That's definitely good to know. I will keep that in mind. I'm going to start uh, picking out videos that, that I like. Maybe yours will be one of them, but I'm not going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Just do it because it's like all these, like a lot of, just don't do it like, okay, because just don't do what a lot of brokers do. Because what a lot of brokers do is, they, I understand why they do it. They have very corporate looking videos, you mm. understand? It's very like, everything's like perfect. And everybody's like, you know, out of Hollywood and stuff, right? You know, you, you know what I'm trying to say? All the pictures are perfect. Don't do so. that. You need to have a little bit of imperfection, right? Because when you do what these brokers do, a lot of times what happens is, it just comes off as really wooden. You mm. understand? It's just yeah. really... And you know, everything looks too good. You understand? So it just looks kind of weird. It goes back to, I think what you said before is like, you can't, if you show a video of a bad unit, you're not going to be able to hide that. And if you try to make the video too perfect or too wooden, I like, I like that. Uh, it's just term. awkward. You know, like when somebody's like, you understand when somebody's like trying to be somebody they're not, mm -hmm. it just, you're just able to pick it up. You're just able to pick up that vibe. It doesn't even matter what language they're in or what culture. It's just their mannerisms just change. Yeah. It, you want to put some soul it. into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect, dude. Trust me. It doesn't. Have, as, but it's got it's to gotta convey the big points that you want to convey. As long as you convey the big points, don't worry about the screw-ups. So that is the next uh, aspect of this that I wanted to get into is the information that you want to convey in these videos. Now, obviously, we're not saying hiding any information from investors. Yeah. We're saying the important information that we need to put in this video to get highlight the important uh -huh. parts of the plan to the investors. How do you think about that? And what do you think about putting in the video so you get that all across? Well, look, in the case of that video, that the Weatherly Walk video, or Equinox at Night, as it now called, the video you were talking about. Look, living in Texas, I can tell you, the biggest thing for me when I go to like Atlanta specifically is the amount of trees. 
I just can't mm. get over the fact, oh my God, it's so lush, so nice, so beautiful. There's hardly any trees in Texas, right? So I love that about Atlanta, right? So we really wanted to emphasize that. That was more personal than anything else, I'll be honest with you. Because I just like the fact, you know, trees are such, they're so soft on the eyes, right? Mm. So we really wanted to emphasize that. But what we also wanted to emphasize was the fact that our marketing for, say, this B-plus asset was going to be very different than, say, a C asset, right? We're not doing that, but a C asset is kind of different, right? When the C asset, there's, well, most of the shit doesn't work. So you really want to show that, right? You see, oh, the, the parking lot is really crappy. It looks like a war happened here. ISIS was here or something like that, right? <laughs> or, you know, the units look really shit, right? Something like that, right? But here, for instance, on a B, B plus asset, what you're really trying to show is all the amenities you have right? So you've got the pool, you've got the bocce ball area, you've got uh, this area with uh, grills and a cabana and all of that. And, I mean, they're there, but they're not really that nice, but they're there. You can see that there's a pretty nice thing. You can show the, the clubhouse, the, what you call it, the model unit, right? And then you can show the general look and feel of the property. And obviously, look, when you're in a B, B, B plus type property, the look is very different than a C property. It's just, it's just the way it is, right? Yeah. So you're highlighting more of the amenities and the additional incomes and the structurally how good the property is already and now what you're going to do to take it to the next level. But with the C1, if I was doing it, I'd be looking more, more at it from the perspective of, look, it's a piece of crap. Look at, look, see how much crap there is over here? This is the amount of crap I got to go fix. And that's how we're going to make money. So it's just a different asset, right? So a different asset would require a different marketing. That's true. Have you looked into, speaking of the information to show your investors, have you look in, looked into any of the legalities? This is not legal advice, but any of the legalities of having a drone fly over your comparable properties and saying, look, these no, are the crappy things. I'm also going to be honest with you, as an ethnic minority who's an immigrant, I really do not want to be <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to just go out straight out here. I'm not going to take that chance. But Taylor, you're a nice Fair looking enough. guy. You should go for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we might uh, get different receptions there. But, but I guess yeah, you, I mean, might, you, you might not get 100% randomly profiled on that sort of thing, whereas I might get 100% randomly profiled doing that kind of thing. Mm. So I'm going to try to avoid that. Yeah, no, I have I have been approached by uh, hostile entities while looking at properties. Um, have you? Like, what did they do? It was just the neighbor. It was a C property, maybe C minus property. Yeah. Uh, neighbor owned a little liquor store, corner store, and he kind of came over because I, I didn't, you know, look like the clientele. I drive a pretty nice car, and I'd driven my car there. And yeah. I got out of my car, and I was taking pictures, and, you know, he approaches, and, oh, are you guys going to, he was yelling at me, you guys going to clean up this property and blah, blah, blah. And well, that's going to suck for his, that's going to really suck for his clientele. You're going to clean up the property, man. He must be <laughs> livid. Well, I don't, you know, it was just, that was the only time though. Otherwise, you know, nobody's. That night might be the only time where being an ethnic minority would have helped you, Taylor. It's definitely possible. Literally, you could have just way stayed way low above under the radar. Nobody would have bothered you. You know? Yeah, you might be right about that, but. Yeah, no, it was it was an interesting uh, experience, but I wasn't in any danger. It was just, you know, oh, the guys. Plus, you know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, did you tell the guy that? Uh, no, but I was wearing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu sweater, so as I that's my casual attire. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure that message. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was uh, it was fine, but but it's not comfortable 
uh, when that happens. So yeah, how many I don't think it's comfortable getting harassed. I agree. With no, you. it's not. It's not. I don't think so. Yeah. How many of these videos have you uh, have you made for your properties? I want to make sure we. So like the pro- properly edited ones, or just like videos? Well, let's go through the the evolution because I think the evolution is important because if you thought the iPhone video, even without a lapel mic, was valuable, and you said, "Hey, we're going to do better next time." then it's oh, interesting. No, okay, hold on, hold on. The I, so the monthly updates and all, I don't, I don't do, I, I'm not Steven Spielberg. I don't have like a crew going with me yeah. everywhere I go. I'm not 50 cent. What happens is the monthly updates, right? Those are all done. But always make sure, just spend $30, always have a lapel mic. Okay? Mm. I cannot stress how important having a lapel mic is, okay? As long, trust me, as long as you've got crystal clear, high def audio, you can literally crap the bed on your video and nobody even bats an eyelid. I'm not joking with you. Literally nobody even bats an eyelid. But if you've got bad audio and you've got even solid video, people just get turned off. So just remember that. So always have a lapel mic with you or whatever, just a mic. So you know, you're not that far away from and the iPhone never even gets you, right? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that being said, all the monthly or whatever updates, those are all done with my iPhone. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, 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 but for material events, right, acquisition, sale, once a year, those will be done professionally going forward and right now. Okay, so you're the doing... day-to-day, week-to-week, month-on-month videos, those are all iPhones with lapel mics. iPhone videos, but as far as acquisition, when you're initially getting uh, an in- investors interested in, uh, in the property, how many of those have you done? Like four or five, I think. Four or five. Actually, we did like 10, but then we combined them into like four or five videos. Hmm. You understand? We did like 10, like two, three minute section segments okay. about yeah. the various aspects. So what we did is then we combined it into one 10 minute video, right? So what you will see if you go to the board, again, shameless plug here, or Walkwell's YouTube channel, you'll see like that 10 minute video for Equinox at night, right? So what you'll see in that 10 minute video is like, if, like you know, when you can see like when a video ends, It'll, it'll have on the screen, uh, a little bit off. you'll have something like value. And then we'll talk about all the value we're going to create, right? Mm-hmm. And that segment ends. Then the, the board will come up and say operations. And then we'll talk about the operations. And then it'll come up and say whatever our business plan is. And it'll talk about our business plan. So those were all individual videos that we decided instead of like drowning people in videos, we can just create one 10 minute video from these five or eight or however many videos there were, combine them together, but the single videos, like the, you know, the two minute individual, the one and a half minute individual, we drip release them on social media over a period of time. Interesting, okay. Right? But for investors, instead of you know, initially drowning them during the, the equity raise portion, we just basically did like one longer video. And do you find that, uh, have you found that it is a, a convincing factor? I mean, I, I wanna use the word, sales tool because I'm a salesperson. I don't see sales as a bad thing. Sales is not a bad thing. Hey man, I'd much rather be a good salesman than a bad salesman. That's true. Let's put it that way. Uh, I I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, I can't really say for a fact, right? Whether how much more people were convinced, right? Like if I didn't do it versus if I did it, right? Yeah. But that being said, it's a good marketing tool, number one. And I can assure you, it's not like it hindered us in raising more money. True. Right. So it wasn't a hindrance. Let's put it that way. And to be honest with you, it wasn't as much work as well because look, we were going to be at the property anyways, right. For due diligence. It wasn't like I had to make a special trip down there. And it wasn't like I had a script of dialogue 
because it was literally like, okay, we're gonna go into a crummy unit. All right, let's start the video. Okay, mm. we're gonna go into the clubhouse, start a video. Because by the time, to be honest with you, man, by the time you're doing due diligence or you're under contract, you've already looked at all of these things, man. You've already kind of looked at what your comps, you, you should have looked at what your comps are. You've kind of already toured the property once or twice at the bare minimum. You've already kind of had an idea of, hey, how the units look like, what are the good ones, what are the bad ones. So it's not like any of these things are a surprise, right? That's it's not true. like you have to make an extra trip to the property. I didn't. So it wasn't like any of this was scripted out. It was just part of the fact we had to go do due diligence. When we did due diligence at the first half of the day, in the second half of the day, we just did this and powered through this in like one and a half, two hours. Because it's not like you can have a script, right? Because what are you going to have a script about? Right? Hey, look at a clubhouse. Great. You don't want I mean, you already know how to say, hey, look at the clubhouse. You don't need a script for that, right? Well, I think you, you also had the benefit of uh, you've been thinking about this for uh, it sounded like six to 10 months or so. No, I've been seeing videos. videos. Look, what happened yeah. is I wasn't necessarily thinking about me doing this. What, I, what was happening was you have to realize it wasn't like I had this grand idea of this thing happening and then I do this and then I do that. It was more like seeing other people's videos. Hey, this guy does this really cool. This guy did this thing really interesting. So it wasn't like one thing from one person stood out. It was more the fact that once we started shooting videos on the iPhones with the Pell mics, we realized was how much less work it created for everybody. Mm. right? Less work for us, obviously as sponsors, but also less work for investors. Now they don't have to go ask you the 15 questions, which you should have answered to begin with, or you forgot because you know, there's so many things happening, right? So when we saw the power of that from a time savings perspective, from a headache sort of, you know, perspective, then this was a natural evolution over a period of time. So it wasn't like a planned thing. It's just that the amount of sheer amount of work it saved us and time it saved us, that was a big thing. <laughs> Hey, well, time is money. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense that the time savings is a, is a big value for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. straight up. And then I think what also it does is, like I also said, it, it's also good marketing content for the future. You're just building a content library of sorts. Yeah. That's, I think, the big reason also. And uh, say the name of the YouTube channel again one more time for folks. Boardwalk that... Wealth, guys. Go to YouTube. Boardwalk Wealth. That's it. Boardwalk Wealth on YouTube. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Yep. Uh, the videos that I've seen are, are great. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. So right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Okay. All right, Omar, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Sure. I'd rather hope I am. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Oh, dude, it's a tough one. Other than my education, I was going to say going to college, but obviously that was, uh, that's part of education. Although I didn't do a lot of studying. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's a good one. How about we come back to that and let me, let, let, let Berkeley, we'll come back to that like after the third question. Okay, great. Great. Uh, the second one, it, it might help you get a little bit more clarity on the first one. So uh -huh. What is the worst investment you ever made? Oh, dude, lots of times going to clubs at the wrong time when I should have been studying, going drinking when I shouldn't have been doing, wasting most of my 20s when I wasn't working and I should have been studying, not doing that, and then realizing I should have been studying and then being in a panic to study, study, study. A lot of this is stuff around things I should have been doing, but I didn't do. Mm. Just stupid stuff. I think what really saved me, I'm going to be honest with you, throughout most of my life is that I'm a voracious reader. 
like I've always been a voracious reader throughout my entire life. And it's not about one thing. I just like to read, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be on a certain subject. I don't, I don't even care. So I think that saved my ass a lot of times. Because when you, I think when you're a voracious reader uh, and you're actually a curious person a lot of times, it just makes a lot of conversations easier with people because you just have something that you can connect with somebody on. And all you need sometimes, it's like, you know, all you need is a door to be opened, right? And then you can walk through the door, right? So I feel like being naturally curious, being a voracious reader, that's helped me overcome a lot of issues. So I guess, but I don't think reading is an investment. Is it an investment? I don't know. Would you consider it? I didn't never looked at it as an investment. So I, it, I don't think I'm answering your question. Right it's, a, it's a time investment, if anything. I mean, yeah, but it's cheap. not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily look at it as an investment, to be very honest. Yeah, just an interest. Just yeah, an it's interest. an interest more than anything else, right? Yeah. So we could probably narrow it down to the worst investment would be wasting time. Lack wasting of time. No, no, no. So straight up, wasting time and not being clear on what I wanted to do earlier in life. Yeah. But I guess not being clear that you learn from experience, right? Because you've got to do so many things you don't like to understand what you really like. Yeah. Very few people are, are clear at a young age. Yeah. And we have to I mean, I'm still out. not, but I'm trying to become clearer. It's always a process for improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always a process. So let's so, go to your third one and then I'll try to come to the first one. Third one. What is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Oh, time, freedom of time is everything, man. Or rather having as much time freedom, because what, what I was realizing, and that was really, and maybe it's, everybody likes to blame millennials these days, right? I'm a millennial, so I resent that immensely. But a lot of times, you know, what I realized pretty quickly is, because my family is very entrepreneurial, what I realized very quickly was that a lot of guys, you know, like investment bankers, a lot of these guys that I was working with, they were, they were making money, but they were very time poor. Like they didn't have time to chase their basically interests, hobbies, that sort of stuff. And I remember I was in one of the investment bank interviews once. I got that job actually. And, and they just asked me, hey, what are, you, what, what, are, what are you doing these days? And I was just, it was just a slow time of the year. So I was reading that book by Richard Dawkins called Selfish Dream. And I just mentioned, yeah, you know, I was playing tennis and I'm reading this book. And I remember one of the girls and one of the guys there said, book? I haven't read a book since grade 10. I'm too busy for that. And I was like, wow, you should not be advertising that. You should not be advertising the fact that you're a dumbass to everybody. <laughs> Do not say that publicly. I mean, I didn't say that in the interview, obviously. But I was like, Got wow. It. No, and then I realized that a lot of these people, they don't have time, so they might have money, but they have no time. And what's the point of having no time and having all this money when you're perpetually pissed off all the time and you're overworked, you're stressed, and you can never really do the things you really want to do, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And now that you're... You're a full-time real estate investor. You mentioned before we started recording that your wife is a physician. So yeah. kind of live based on where she needs to be to work. But your your time is probably totally dedicated to your business and your family. You yeah. know, what's that, what's that shift been like from being an investment banker and spending 100 hours a week in the office? Look, the, it's not like the amount of hours I'm working has reduced significantly. Or, or much. I mean, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. That's very debatable. But what's changed is the distribution of time. Mm. So for instance, if I want to say, like, for instance, uh, my wife's pregnant and we're expecting our second child in April. Oh, so nice. I have, we have, oh, thanks. So we have to go to the doctors, for instance, right? So for instance, on Wednesday, we're going to the doctor and I don't have to tell anybody. I can just go to the doctor with my wife. Uh, yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't gotta like tell some like twice divorced guy who's my managing director that hey, I gotta go to that. He's he's all pissed off. Oh, you better be back. That was like screw you, man. I, I can do whatever the hell I want, right? <laughs> so those sort of things are more are very good now. But on the flip side is that I'm not like I don't necessarily have like a Sunday off necessarily. I mean, I can choose to take it off, but I don't really have it off, right? So. So the time-wise, in terms of work-wise, hasn't reduced in terms of pure hours, but what's changed is the distribution. And look, nobody has 100% control of their time, right? Nobody does. It's true. But you can at least try to work towards a happy medium. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting, an interesting point that you have a lot, of, uh, a lot of time freedom. You can come and go as you please, but you still have a lot of passion for what you're doing, and, and you're deciding mm-hmm. what you're doing at any given time, yeah, more yeah, or yeah. less. Like you said, nobody yeah. has a hundred percent control. To a reasonable degree, right? I mean, to a reasonable degree. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good. No, I, I don't. I don't resent it at all. To be honest. and you know what's even funnier is you'll realize this. I mean, I realize this pretty late. You keep hearing this, and then you're always like, "Yeah, dude, it's easy for you to say because you're rich, right?" But what what's happened <laughs> is when you actually realize, at least in my particular case, I always knew this, but I kept punting this down the line. I need to get more work experience. I need to get more, you know, all that kind of mm-hmm. things, right? But what I realized is when I actually chose time freedom, I, I can choose to walk away from certain deals, from certain businesses that don't fit within the context of what I want to do. Again, to a reasonable degree, obviously, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's very liberating because you don't have to just put up with crap. Like a lot of these old timers, man, I meet a lot of these old timers and they always blame millennials. And I'm like, yeah, but you're 65, you're pissed. Your, your knees don't work, your legs don't work, half your body is aching. And now you realize in your old age that, you know, I should have maybe traveled the world or I yeah. should have gone to visit my parents or I should have, you know, taken better care of my friends, you know, stayed in touch with them and did all that kind of stuff, right? And now you're just resentful and bitter, right? Whereas a lot of people who earlier on took a little bit of a hit, say, in terms of maybe monetarily, but decided to set their life the right way, well, they're doing perfectly fine, man. It's not like they're on the street, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I relate to that very much. The reason when I was deciding to what I wanted to do with my life probably six years ago, I was thinking, do I want to go to business school? That was my plan. I took the GMAT. I got a good score. I started applying and I just realized I don't want to be a consultant. I don't want to be a banker. What else is there? Do I want to go to business school and start to learn about real estate? And I was like, all right, let's start investing in real estate. And I think that was the right decision. Uh, but I think I'd be miserable if I had gone to business school and <laughs> went into investment banking. No, I agree with you totally. And my point is it's different horses for different courses because everybody's different. And we all have to make our own decisions in life, right? Obviously, we're, we're all wired differently. But for me, that was very important. Like having the time freedom was very important because a lot of times, man, like what I resented was the fact that you have to go to the office and you have to pretend to work. <laughs> like you have to show that you don't have to work. Yeah. You just have to show that you're working, right? So I, I never really understood that. And I, I know a lot of overtimers would say, well, you guys don't know the concept of hard work. I was like, yeah, we don't know the concept of stupid work. But, you know, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg's a millennial. He's doing way better than you are, Bubba. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that blaming the young generation is, uh, that's a tale as old as time. People have always yeah. done that. that. That's not a new thing. And and you and I, I'm a millennial too. We're going to be doing that when we're- Oh, yeah. Yeah. 60s. Oh yeah, dude. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. I never said that. You know? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I never said that. Hypocrisy. I never said that. I'm totally going to do it. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's go back to the first question. first question. What is the best investment you ever made other than your education? I think the best investment I have made, which I hope uh, continues to bear fruit, is I'm trying now. It's not, it's not obviously perfect. The investment that I made by dis, uh, with my wife, basically, my relationship with my wife, it's not perfect. I get pissed off at it all the time. And she gets pissed off at me like, all oh, the freaking Probably time. even more. Oh my, no, I think I get pissed off at her more <laughs> uh, because I can relate better to myself, right? But I think it's a partnership of sorts. And I always wanted to be with somebody who was an intellectual superior to me, at least somewhat, right? Uh, and I think that investment, I hope in the future, can is becoming and is becoming and will become the best investment of my life. Hopefully, nice. if I stay married. And if not, <laughs> that is going to be number two. <laughs> All right, we're, we'll uh, we'll have to have you back on the show and thirty years from now, have me back on the show. Will do. Will do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for for telling us about uh, this whole video process and, and everything that you learned. Uh, today it's a uh, it's it's something very interesting to me i see a lot of value in it and like you said about about time freedom we're recording this on sunday night it's 7 45 my time uh which is 6 45 6 49 my time there you go i'm an hour ahead of you but yeah it's um you have time flexibility but but you know you can do it when you want to do it and, and sometimes that means working on a Sunday night. So I definitely appreciate that. For everybody out there that wants to learn more about you, where can they get in touch and learn about you and your business? Well, you can go to our website, Boardwalk Wealth. That's B-O-A-R-D, BoardwalkWealth.com. Right on the homepage, you got, we've got a little forum. It's not even a forum, it's three fields. Hopefully you know your name, so you spell out your name properly. You got your email, hopefully you know that, spell it out properly. How'd you find out about us? Right, Taylor Lowe Podcast, right? There you go. Or you can email me at Omar, O-M-A-R, at BoardwalkWealth.com. You can also go to our YouTube channel. It's called, I think it's called the channel, uh, Boardwalk Wealth. That's Boardwalk, one word, wealth, another. Bam, there you go. You got all the secrets now. Nice, nice. Well, once again, I really appreciate it. I've, I've always been interested in these uh, deal videos and what the process is. And you've given me a lot of great ideas today, so I certainly appreciate that, and I know the listeners have learned something as well. So much appreciated. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. This has been a great interview to record and, and I know I've learned a lot. I hope you did too. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big help or it's, it's Apple Podcasts now. I'm going to keep calling it iTunes, but Apple Podcasts. If you know anyone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.